Our friends at FreshBooks have a burning question for all of you trailblazing freelancers listening right now. If you add up all the time you spent last year dealing with tedious business admin tasks and instead replace that with stuff you actually enjoy, what would that mean to you? Less stress, more free time, more creativity, more business, all of the above? FreshBooks thinks so and they're on a mission to help you get there. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. $100 is little to receive, but a lot to give. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking today? Good, man. I'm just milking a rogue French roast ale. Um, Three weeks old. That's right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I roll. Though I don't know what order we're doing this episode in with publishing, so maybe it's like three weeks this week and then two weeks next week. First, you'll hear me your ages in advance. Yeah, you'll hear me milking it and then opening it. Mm -hmm. Um, We're really we're like our planning is impeccable. (laughs) (laughs) So today, oh, first catchphrase. Uh, This catchphrase comes from our friend Alex, who is fifty week vacay on Twitter. And uh, the catchphrase is $100 is a little to receive, but a lot to give. Pretty insightful catchphrase there, Alex. And, and I just want to say that um, he writes also. Oh, I, really? Yeah, so he does. I thought I was on mute for a second. So he writes also, and his website is 50weekvacation.com. Awesome dude. He's part of the community. Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah. When I, when I was looking at his tweet, it didn't load his like the rest of his profile. So it just said United States and I didn't see that he had a URL, but I can see it now. So that's pretty cool. Is it like a finance blog then? Yeah. So it's a right nice. in line in the niche. Would you quit your job for $1 million? That's one of his posts. Would you do that, Andrew? No, no, no I you can't. Would? You can't? No. See, I bet you a million dollars is like not enough for you. <laughs> That's like six dinners in New York City. You'd bet right. Well, see, the thing is you have to live and you have to invest. And what about $10 million. Yeah, I would quit for 10. Yeah. And, and actually, th- this is like the perfect segue because um, I. Oh, my God, I'm a genius. Dude, you're I didn't even really, plan that. I I. I have coined this the four percent rule conundrum and i okay. coined it like an hour ago um so i still have to apply for all the the things that help me protect it i love coining things but the um there, there's this concept and there, we have episodes on it and i won't, so I won't waste too much time on the four percent rule and it basically set, it helps you determine how much you need to save because mm-hmm. then you could spend four percent of that amount of money and survive forever right so basically, the the idea is that very conservatively, your money should grow at 5% per year. Mm. So you should be able to spend 4% of that per year, and you'll be fine. Though, does that take inflation into account? Yeah, it, so it should hopefully take all these things, boom, busts, into, it, into account. Mm. Now, um, the thing is, is, it's great to talk about, and on paper, and I mean, it's been discussed to death on the internet, um, to, to what 90th percentage it works like oh well it only works 97 percent of the time well then fine three percent rule then it works but but anyways the point is you have a finite amount of money and you're burning down that amount of money Mm -hmm. and that's just a crazy scary concept 
because there could be a point that you have no money something could happen that changes the plan and so especially if you're trying to early retire it's even crazier um so i think the importance like and that that's a main reason why well one of the reasons why i've been able to quit my job i think you need an alternative income source what you Um, haven't been able to quit your job yeah like um we we laura and i have discussed um my quote-unquote independence or or escaping the rat race Mm -hmm. uh because we had money saved but then we would burn down our savings and what if it doesn't work and that's what we're going to retire on or for our kids or so it's um and it was eventually put on my plate where it's like well you know what if you andrew if you want to do it do it and i didn't have the balls i couldn't do it i I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like it was the right move okay so i have a question for you mm -hmm. because you you have said many times in this show like that you have a pretty in demand skill set that isn't very common what is stopping you from quitting and giving it a go for six months and then like saying i know i could get another job if it fails so a big part um I, you know uh so there's there's i would say the big part is healthcare, but honestly okay. i mean that that's an that's maybe an easy excuse uh for I, i've checked every which way um there's a lot of ways you can get health care outside of a job it looks like it'll be a little below a thousand dollars for laura and i oh my god and that had nothing to do i mean if anyone knows how it could be cheaper please let me know but this did hadn't did not take into our account our income at all. Uh, And it's just based on our age and we're healthy people who don't smoke. And so that was that. You guys are only a little bit older than me. I mean, like five years. Yeah, dude, five years does a lot to your body. I guess. I guess I'll see you in five years. (laughs) But You know, um, I think the fear is in tech is it pays really well, but people really want you when you have a job. It is harder if you don't have a job. And I think anyone would respect me if I quit my job trying to start my own thing. And I don't think they'd have a big issue with it, seeing what I've built. But I feel like um, things will fly by quickly. And I have such a good setup at my job now. Mm. I would be crazy to leave it. Okay. Like I don't know if I'd find such a good setup. That makes sense. Yeah. And this isn't me like trying to convince you to do it. I just wanted to know. Because I think if I... If I would have graduated college before CIG became profitable and gotten a job, I probably would have just side hustled it until I knew like this can support me, Mm. you know, and I think right now LMM isn't at the point where it could continue to pay everyone who's involved and support you guys at the level that you're currently at. So it makes sense. But yeah, I think that's a thing and Mm -hmm. kids and stuff like that. Yeah, because you're planning on that. But you wanted I know you wanted to talk about the mindset and some of the things you can start doing to become more independent financially, you know, it's independence day, or I guess it's very close to independence day when we're publishing this. It's on independence day. We're publishing on July 4th. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I remember you told me not to publish things on holidays. So I scheduled, (laughs) (laughs) I scheduled my podcast episode to come out on the fifth, but I don't know, man, I guess we'll see. No, this no episode will get like listen. six downloads. It's going to take like an extra week for <laughs> everyone to hear, which is fine. Um, yeah, I've actually I realized that uh, the launch day matters less than like when you tell people about it. Like mm-hmm. I had one episode that uh, it launched one day and iTunes was broken for some reason. So like no one listened to it for like three days. And Martin was like really bummed because we put a lot of effort into this episode. 
And then I emailed my list about it a week later, and it's now like the third most listened episode <laughs> we've ever made because the topic was really good. So uh, back to independence. Mm. So independence, either like financial independence, um, you know, doing your own thing, which we talk mm-hmm. about a lot, or just like escaping the rat race, you know, like early early retirement. And I think that's like maybe a like a antiquated term, but. Yeah, and actually the way I want to start this out is I want to provide what my definition of retirement is or maybe even just put the word retirement to rest mm. entirely because uh, I read a book recently called The Happiness Equation. Um, I had the author on my podcast, though I'm not sure if his episode will be out at this point when this goes live. I think his is coming later. But he talked about where the concept of retirement came from. Basically, back in the 1880s, the Germans decided to institute mandatory retirement for people over 65. At the time, average age of death was like 67. So sure, that gets people out of the workforce at a certain age. It was meant to free up jobs for younger people. But over time, you know, marketers ruined everything. Now it's all about you got to retire. It's all about leisure. You know, you want to just have time to do whatever you want and you should retire at 65, even though you're going to live till 90 catch up on Netflix. Yeah. And I just have some beef with this entire concept because number one, the idea of removing yourself from your purpose, from all of your, you know, strong and weak, like or you're not removing yourself from your strong tie relationships. Most likely kind of stay around family, but you might not be around them all the time because your younger family members have their own shit to do all day. They're not going to have grandpa around all the time to hang out with. Yeah. It's not like Monday to Friday so like, hanging out with a bunch of people. There will be more I think a lot of people retire deliberately and they do a good job of it. You know, they keep themselves active in the community. That's awesome. But a lot of people also retire and they kind of lose everything that had them going. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people end up with like early onset dementia. They stop moving. They stop having a purpose. They stop working. And you've got all these additional years of your life that it's hard to save up for. So personally, when I say I want to retire early, it doesn't mean I want to stop working. It doesn't mean I want to remove myself from the thing I'm building. Not at all. Early retirement for me means by a certain age, I would like to have a certain amount of money that were I to choose a new project that did not have profit as a motive, my current savings could support me. That's all it means. And I intend to work till the day I die. So independence, you're the ability for you to put but your yes, time where you want to put it. That's exactly what it is. It's 100% independence. And I, I've been thinking about this since like early in high school, you know, when like, I wish I was thinking the about few it times way. when my dad got laid off from his job for stupid reasons, like the company going under, or, you know, some new manager coming in and just like wiping out a department. I was just like, well, shit, he was completely dependent on that company. And what can he do? You know? It's not like it's not like he did something to get fired or anything. It's like this company's like, well, your position's being shipped off to, you know, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but this happens to so many people where they're dependent on some big entity for the majority of their living or all their living and anything could happen that could wipe that out. Hmm. So when I was in high school, as I started looking at college, I started thinking like, how can I become resistant to any of these things happening. So resistant to layoffs, resistant to stupid, you know, companies going over political upheavals or whatever. And in high school, it was all about building a skill set that was so in demand or so diverse that I would never 
basically have my whole ship sunk by losing one job. You know, and I think that should be one of the main focuses. And mm-hmm. and I want to, um, I there was this Quartz article. It's QZ.com. It's one of my favorite sites, news sites. Uh, they had this like article, and I think it was something to the tune of, the title was like, 40% of the U.S. workforce uh, will be contingent workers by 2020. What's now, a contingent worker? So a contingent worker are people who are working independently because they're self-employed, temporary workers, contractors, stuff like that. So not full-time okay. salaried employees. So if by 2020, which is only four years from now, um, unless you're hailing from the future, uh, that's almost half of the people in the yeah. U.S. will not be full-time fully employed. Like, full-time employed. So I think that should be concerning and you should be doing things to set yourself up for success. Like yeah. if, if like you happen to be one of the people in this I think, 40%. I think there's a, a better way we can word this more visceral way we can word this by 2020 for half of you, there will be no expectation that you'll wake up two years from now and have the job you have. Hmm. You know, that's, that's just what it is. So you have to build the skills to be able to pivot, to be able to move to the next thing, to be able to kind of cobble together your own living. I and don't think it's prudent if, to be able, I don't think it's prudent to be like, I'm going to get enough skills to convince this one company to pay for my existence, basically. Absolutely. And if you don't have independence at like the forefront of your mind, then the opportunities that do come up are going to be driven by need and not mm-hmm. necessarily the things you want to do rather than um, what you want to do, which, which yeah. maybe nothing. It could very well be nothing. You could just golf for the rest of your life. That's valid. If you've built, um, if you built the blocks necessary for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to go further, because uh, I mean, who doesn't love stats? Uh, between 2009 and 2012, so after the crash, the number of temporary employees rose by 29%. So it's not even uh, just being contingent worker, it's being underemployed. Yeah. Now, we just did an episode uh, from the, the writer of Family Inc., and I keep forgetting the dude's name, but uh, it was a great interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this quote from his book that I thought was really interesting. Was that Doug McCormick? Yes. That's right. Um, see, that's what happens. Four years, that ha- that's like the mind difference. I used to be able to do that when I was younger. <laughs> well, I'll tell you my secret. We have it in the Evernote. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but so he said, no matter what your profession, you are a business owner. Your business sells labor and manages assets to support the spending needs of your family. Labor is likely your largest asset and must be actively managed just like your finances. I freaking love that because a lot of people don't think about it in these terms, but your expenses are going to keep happening. You can cut some of them, but for the most part, they're going to keep happening. And any good business thinks about where their income comes from and the volatility of that income. And they seek out more ways to generate revenue because they know those expenses are going to keep happening and you have to bring in revenue. And so it's likely that uh, your uh, time, like your labor is your biggest asset. And then Mm -hmm. it begs the question, um, do you have an unlimited amount of labor? No, right? Like you have to sleep. Maybe you want to do other things beside work. Um, And like, does that concern you? 
And I think if either of, uh, basically, you need to look into passive income, right? Things that will make you money that aren't relying on your labor, mm -hmm. that are exponentially scalable, right? Like you can't scale you. You can kind of scale you. I think labor is a good thing to look at here because your labor potential is very high. So right? yes, you're, you're, right. you're making what you're making right now, but you can increase what you make through better networking or adding new skills or increasing the skills you already have. Hmm. Yeah. Like Martin and I were talking about this today. Um, I, I might've been telling you about this before we recorded where, you know, we're, we're thinking about building courses and we don't want to, we don't want to sell our courses the way that a lot of people sell our courses with like all these kind of sleazy false scarcity tactics and everything. And we're okay if it doesn't make as much money as we would have made doing that kind of stuff, because I just kind of laid it out straight. Both of us have enough skills that if, if this all fails, we can get another job. Mm -hmm. Like I have been building a ton of different skills. You know, I do voiceover work at this point for ads and for, narrating articles. I've like learned a zillion skills for making videos, all the podcasting stuff. I met so many people through doing this. I can do what feels good to me, what feels right to me and not worry about it because I've been solidifying the value and the flexibility of my labor through all these different projects and through actively trying to learn things for a number of years. Whereas if I would have just done the same job for a number of years, then it's a lot more volatile at that point. Mm. So I definitely think that um, is a good investment, but I, I think like anything, you need to diversify. So mm -hmm. you shouldn't put everything into the you and your time basket. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't want to go away from it too quickly. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think we. I'd be. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say invest heavily in my labor asset, mm -hmm. educating myself and skills and stuff like that. It's, it's enormously important. Um, so I want to talk about habits to like achieve the escaping of the rat race piece. Um, where I mean, where maybe it's just saving up enough money and you're like using the 4% rule to churn it down and live. Uh, but maybe more likely, um, you're improving the value of your labor or, and or creating passive income. What, so I'm curious first, what's your definition of the rat race? The rat race is where you are required to put in X amount of time um, and your options are limited. So I have a, I have a great job mm -hmm. and it affords me the ability to drink beer and bullshit with you, um, <laughs> which, which is amazing. But uh, would I, if I had the choice, I would do things slightly differently, right? And mm -hmm. I think I could actually earn more on my own like, you know, iHeartRadio pays me X, which means that I must be worth more than X because they're not in the business of breaking even. Right. So I think if I if I mm. had my time to myself, I could capture more of that value. True. Yeah. Well, I think if you going off that logic, it might not be true because you're applying a specific skill set to a specific business and the way the thing you would do if you were on your own is different. So, um, I do believe that you could make more on your own, but not by virtue of the logic that iHeart is paying you X. So you would make more if you weren't with them because what you do with them is data engineering and what you would do alone is podcasting and bullshitting and drinking Damn beer. Damn you and your logic. <laughs> so 
the, the conclusion's fine, but the, the way we got there, I'm not sure if it's, if it's logically sound. But I do get what you mean here. So you I, would do I think it a little it's the differently. Freedom. If I just wanted to walk around like mm-hmm. Hoboken with Laura today and do nothing, um, you know, I would, I would like that choice, I guess. Okay. That's, that's what I'm determining is like the rat race, the ability yeah. to step off of a wheel and claim your time back. Okay. So, yeah, it's an interesting question because for me, you know, escaping the rat race doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be owning my own business. You know, I think you could consider yourself out of the rat race, even if you had a job. And I think that some external obligation is actually a good thing in your life. Mm. So for me, I guess escaping the rat race is just that definition of the amount I have in savings could support me if I needed to. Uh, but I fully expect to keep growing that amount through my efforts in the future. You know, mm. I never, I don't plan on living off 4% of my savings. I don't, I don't think I ever plan on doing that. Yeah. No, me neither. But I'm open to the possibility that my goals will change or that something will come up that will either force me to do that or make me want to do that. We spend a lot of time trying to help empower you to get your personal finances in order. Here's the thing. If you're an entrepreneur who's not on top of their business finances, your personal finances are likely suffering too. That is why you need a good dose of FreshBooks in your life. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy cloud accounting software made specifically for small business owners who need to find a better way to deal with their paperwork. It literally takes about 30 seconds to create and send a polished professional looking invoice. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit card so next time you expense that business launch or tank of gas, it'll show up automatically in your FreshBooks account. With two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. If you have any questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude. Plus, a real live person usually answers in three rings. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So, dude, I want to lay out like a set of habits or things that I think you could do in like a very generic sense that could help you march towards this goal right Mm. i mean we could talk about like budgeting and you know stuff like that but i I think it's like more base basic type stuff okay so uh for example i don't know if i got this from you or or where i kind of got it but for me um my day is successful my goal is to do three things every day if i've done three things then i was successful just three things in general, or do you have like a specific list of three? Well, individual? so I obviously I build things that need to be done over time, and it's not like um, uh, wait, wake up and eat breakfast, and I've accomplished a thing. Like, and I think you have to measure the weight of the things you do. But for example, one of my things today is record three episodes with Thomas. So okay, if so I've it's recorded three things, things every day. I've done one thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah, I read a book called The Productivity Project recently, and he recommended the same thing. Just have a list of three things 
what are the three big things you're going to get done every day? And so it like to go further down that line. And so I do three things every day. Um, now I have my habit of waking up earlier. Thanks mm-hmm. to you. Um, and, uh, so then I go to work and then I come home. And so in the morning, my goal is to, in the time for when I wake up to, I get to the office, try and accomplish one thing, like if possible, okay. um, then I'll be at work. And I, my, my thing at work is much bigger uh, because I have a lot of hours there, whatever, but try and com- like accomplish one thing. And then I come home and I try like when I get home, Laura's cooking dinner and, you know, uh, try and do something then. So one of your things every day is iHeart related, basically. As long as I'm employed. Yeah. Okay. So you're not like trying to do three things in addition to your, your 40 hours. Well, okay, so some exactly, and so yeah. sometimes I do two or three things at iHeart, and you know, one thing at home or nothing at home, and you know, I try and average it out. So a week, I'll do fifteen things. Yeah. Um. You know, like Tuesday may not be productive, but I'll work all day Saturday. I think that's a good thing to do because I know personally, some days I'm tempted to just write out a huge to do list, and all that ends up doing, I know I'll never get all of it done. And it just makes me think while I'm doing one thing, it just, my mind is like dwelling on the next things and anxious about, Oh, you only have this many hours left to get all those other things done. Whereas if I just had three, then I can really focus on the one thing I'm working on at a time. And the cool thing is, is if say you took two of those things and they were for your job. And I bet if you consistently did two things a day, you'd like outperform everyone on your team Mm because no one is that productive at work. Uh, That leaves you with one thing personal or for a side business. And you've, you've like inadvertently carved out time to start working on this. And I think that's the hardest part is people, they can't find the time. Right. And so I think if you kind of force it upon yourself, put some metrics, wake up early. Yeah. Um, so that's a step towards potentially mm-hmm. passive income or, you know. So to break away from the individual habits right now, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to write a post. This was a while ago about dependencies. And I started imagining like this grand vision of like, what are all the things your life is dependent upon? And it quickly got too complicated Uh, And I never wrote it because it would have been gigantic. Like my brain just gets overloaded thinking about it. But if you consider everything you currently have in your life, not just physical, but also things like your level of happiness, your relationships, your health, and then you can actually break down like what is each element of my life dependent upon? And then you can start to think like, you're, you're never truly independent, but you can start to plan for potential threats on any of those things or just changes that are going to come up in the future. So like my house, for instance, this house is dependent upon the company that owns it, allowing me to stay here. It's also dependent upon me making enough money to pay the rent. It's dependent upon a tornado not coming through here and destroying it. I can't really plan for that, but I can make sure okay, what's going to keep this company or keep me in this company's good graces to live here? I should probably put on my calendar that I need to renew the lease, mm. you know, in a certain time frame, And I should probably keep paying all the bills and keep it maintained. That means I got to pay for a mowing guy. Uh, on a less tangible front, your most important thing you're dependent on is your health. So, and I think this is something that a lot of people let go by the wayside when they're trying to get out of the rat race because they're only thinking in terms of money. Mm. And also, just as they get older, 
your health, when it deteriorates, is going to take everything else away from you. Mm. So it's harder to get back. It really is. So do what you can to keep it, keep your body in the best shape it can possibly be in. You're going to lower your risk of, you know, chronic diseases, getting injured, being disabled, a bunch of different things. I think that's probably the most important thing to think about with your independence. And then your relationships too. You're probably dependent, uh, your happiness at least is very dependent on your relationships. We're all very social creatures. If you're just focusing entirely on your money, on your business, whatever, and you're ignoring your wife or, you know, your family, your best friends, when are you going to wake up and those relationships might have evaporated and where are you at that point? Mm. So you really have to manage a lot of these things. And I don't think you're ever truly independent of everything. Definitely agree. Um, and in terms of like dependencies, I almost feel like to a degree your expenses are a dependency where um, if you had no expenses, you wouldn't have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I you could retire today, huh? You yeah. could retire today if you had no expenses. And uh, so, so I was playing this game actually with this uh, really cool dude at work, and I he's like sits next to me. Um, it's called Cash Flow. It's like the nerdiest okay. game ever. Um, and like we we arrive, Laura and I, and you get these like uh, you get like two sheets of paper. You get like your balance sheet and your options worksheet, and the, and it is as um intense getting it as possible anyways it's really not that hard you get the hang of it and you kind of play this game and the goal is to get out of the rat race and you're kind of in the stuck in this wheel and you're working and um you could escape the rat race when your passive income is twice that of your expenses okay and i never played this game before and you, you pick a lot of cards at random in the beginning which kind of is like who you are and what you start with and i got the, the card of who i was i was a doctor so my per turn income was $13,000, which is insane. And then the the asset I got was a fourplex, like a rental fourplex. And I, I actually felt guilty because I thought I was just going to like totally kill everyone on my first try because <laughs> I got these like two lucky cards. It turns out like being a doctor, uh, my expenses were so high. Yeah, I was They'll never able to escape the rat insurance, race. So like, all that kind of stuff. I made you gotta drive a fancy 000, car. Yeah, thirteen thousand a turn. But that means I'd have twenty six thousand passive income, dude. <laughs> my worksheet wasn't big enough to write down all the property I had to buy. Like, it was insane. <laughs> and so I think one of the habits to like gaining control is budgeting aside. And I mean that's like a great tool for us. You have to reduce your expenses. Yeah. For every dollar you spend, that's two dollars you need to earn to escape. That's crazy. And maybe the habit could be like once a month you do a sanity check and ask yourself, what are we paying for? How much more are we paying than we paid in previous periods? And are we happier because of that? Because hmm. I know like I spend a crap ton more money than I spent in college, but I'm not sure if I'm a whole ton happier. I'm probably happier in certain aspects, but across the board, am I? I don't know. You know, and does that is does that corresponding increase in happiness does that equate with the increase in money you're spending because like you said you know you could retire today if your expenses were zero you can retire or retire i'm using this word i hate uh you can escape the rat race sooner if your expenses are lower hmm. but people tend to scale their expenses with their income yeah and you know it's uh to that point like i, I would say that i'm not necessarily happier than in college and i mean it's really hard to tell it wasn't like i had a metric but 
to that vein, sometimes Laura and I are having like a bad week or day or whatever. Uh, and it, it is not uncommon that we might uh, go out to eat as like a Band-Aid fix. We're like, we're, we're oh, yeah. like, yeah, so we'll go out to eat. And, you know, that's like a fun thing that we like to do. Um, but I don't think it's ever fixed a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has definitely increased our expenses um, and made it yeah. more difficult for us in general. Whereas, like, if you're having a bad day in college, what would you do then? Because obviously you can't go spend 150 bucks on drinks and stuff. Yeah, I would go play Mario Kart or go talk to somebody. <laughs> there you go. That's free. So I think the answer here is uh, you and Laura need to buy a Wii U and play Mario Kart. <laughs> I love Mario Kart. What blows my mind is you could, you could buy a Wii U for, like, the cost of two dinners. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're starting to um, seriously rein it in. Yeah, well, you guys were you were. I think when I came to visit in February, you were starting to cook a lot more, right? Yeah, so we've been cooking more. I've actually been like tracking calories and stuff. I'm trying to like get in shape. Oh, for real? Yeah. So, um, I I wound up at one point I'd lost eight pounds in like two weeks because I nice. just like cut. I, I didn't realize it's like calories. It's really it. Yeah. Um, and uh, beer has a lot of calories. True story, <laughs> dude. I, I had We're the so beer show little, that understands how much calories is in the beer. <laughs> I had so little lunch knowing how much beer I was going to drink today. Oh, really? Yeah. That um, sounds responsible. But dude, what, what kind of <laughs> things do you think uh, would be like good habits or things to focus on for, for independence? Mm. For me, it's being mindful of those dependencies in all areas. Mm. So I think the big habit, which I believe Doug talked about was just having those review periods, maybe once a month where you're not hardcore budgeting. You're just being like, how much am I spending? But I would take it a little more holistically. What's my health look like? What do my relationships look like? Um, can I start putting some things into action to achieve goals that I have? Maybe I have goal. Maybe I have like Allison type goals where I want to have 20 properties. Well, what's the next thing to get my first property? I think the real habits are just taking those small steps that eventually lead up to big things like owning a rental property or, or something else or having a, you know, a certification that lets you get a better job. So Laura and I have been very hot and heavy on that on rental properties lately and I'm I thought this was going in a different direction. Uh where do you think it was going? Well, you said hot and heavy, so <laughs> hot and heavy. Yeah, and so uh we're also working on having a baby, but that's, that's <laughs> besides the point. Um <laughs> so we we've been discussing working on rental properties as like a passive income stream uh you know so that I could eventually retire and yeah. uh my dad also wants to do that, but my mom doesn't want rental property. She thinks it's going to be a headache. It's just going to be no good. And she doesn't mm. want to do it. And so he needs to find, or he needed to find uh, something that would throw off income so that they could retire uh, and potentially live all this income as opposed to like burning down their savings and possibly hitting zero. Uh, so, uh, we, we a while ago did an episode called the Dividend Aristocrats, and it's a bunch of stocks that okay. pay rather high dividends and have for a very very yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put a large amount of money into uh, those, and and he's done a lot of it in his IRAs because he doesn't have to pay taxes on the dividend income. Okay, so he's still like about like ten years away from retirement. And uh, that throws off like about three to three and a half percent income as well as like um, 
like asset growth, like the growth of his investments. So that that could like potentially be another passive income thing. Yeah. I wonder if if your mom doesn't want rental properties, but your dad does, maybe your dad can make an investment in the business of LMM, (laughs) (laughs) which, which friends or buys rental properties. You know, that's a roundabout way of doing it. I'll I'll admit (laughs) that I, it hasn't, I mean, it's crossed my mind, uh, perhaps too tying of money and family. Yeah. I love my relationship with my it's parents a good joke, as it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think if my parents were like, can you take our money and manage it? I'd be like, no, mm. but I would be happy to point you to other people who could. And you're responsible <laughs> for it. Yeah. And you guys are responsible for it. I don't want to, I don't want to ever have to make a call being like, so yeah, lost all your money. Oops. <laughs> but you still love me, right? <laughs> yeah. Good news is I saved you a ton on car insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just designing habits that help you improve in all these aspects where dependencies exist. I think the thing that keeps people in the rat race the longest is when they let themselves get stuck and stagnant, they don't improve in any of these fronts and that event that for the longest time, they'll keep them fixed where they are. Uh, and then something will happen if they don't want to happen. Mm. So for me, it's always been, um, Oh, great quote for this. Gary Vaynerchuk says every single day I wake up and I try to put myself out of business because if I don't do that, someone else will eventually. Mm. And if your family is a business, something's going to come up, put your family out of business. If you're not constantly trying to adapt, change, grow and anticipate things that are going to come up in the future. And if you can develop habits that let you do that, a monthly review, you know, stuff that keeps you healthy, stuff that keeps your finances in order, uh, stuff that keeps your relationship strong, then I think you're going to be fine and you're going to eventually work your way towards whatever independence means for you. I like that. Boom. Boom. Inspirational thing. <laughs> That's probably where we should end this episode, right? Damn right. Thomas <laughs> dropping the quote bomb. <laughs> All right, guys. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you've got questions for us, our email is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com or we've got our community of money nerds uh, with the forums over at listenmoneymatters.com slash join. You can join us if you want. Got lots of great questions being answered in there. Lots of cool discussions. And uh, lastly, listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox is where you can find all of our favorite money management resources, books, apps, tools, everything that's going to help you become more financially independent in the future. So thanks for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. Special thanks goes out to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. She works hard for the money. So hard for the money.